Welcome back to a new episode of the Bold Take Podcast NFL Edition. Austin Wader here with me as always. We're going to pretend week one didn't happen for both of us. Yeah. Austin Hill. And Good yep. Re- yeah, I think that's for the best for both our teams. That we yeah, just, we just won't even talk about it. Yeah, we won't even mention who those teams are. You could use context clues to figure it out. They're shunned. <laughs> anyway, you couldn't tell by the title and the way we're reacting. Recapping NFL week one. A lot more interesting than I thought it would actually be. Absolutely. Uh, some storylines prevailing very early. Yeah, very early on. But real quick, before we get into that, tomorrow, college football episode. Uh, let me clarify, this weekend going to be a lot of interesting games, but I think um, Austin, too, will agree with this. The next weekend, though, oh, man, that's going to be a thrilling weekend. Yeah. And hopefully this weekend can be just as good. That episode will be coming out tomorrow. You're going to find out our player and teams of the week. If you did vote, then you know who you think it should be. Uh, here's a slight hint. We'll give who it is. But Austin said the player vote was very close. Very close. Came down to one point. One point. So you, you want to find out who it is? We're not going to tell you on here. You're going to have to listen to tomorrow's college football episode. But enough talk about college football. Let's get into NFL. And let's start in general with our tradition we started from last year, our biggest winners and losers of the week. So, Austin, let's start. Who was your biggest winner? Of week one. Oof, boy. I really loved doing this last year. I'm glad we're bringing it back this year. Um, I think really hands down, I think there are a couple teams that you could maybe throw out here, um, some names, but I think maybe it's too early in the season for some of these teams to go ahead and throw it out and say, maybe, did you really win? Um, but I think the Detroit Lions are a clear cut winner this week. Uh, I mean, they came into a game that they were really counted out of and I know that the Travis Kelsey injury helped them but this isn't about Travis Kelsey injury this is about uh, a defense that locked in and an offense that got the job done when they needed to um it the run game looked unstoppable at the end of the game for Detroit and that's something that they've really kind of built this team up on is that run game and so to see them just kind of effortlessly run it down the throat of the Kansas City Chiefs and, and just to watch the wide receiver struggling for Kansas City um, it really is a big resounding win across the NFL for the Detroit Lions, and they have put a target on their back for the rest of the season. Oh yeah, they let the the rest of the NFC, the NFC, the NFC North, and the entire rest of the NFL. They're like, hey, we're we're coming. It's like Ed O'Drone saying that interview. It's like we're coming. Yeah, and they have ma- certainly made their impact early. My big winner, I won't say it's a team. I'm just gonna say player. We both said it in week one, the preview. Tua, we said he was destined for a big year. Granted, it's only week one, but that was one heck of a start to what could be a big season for him. So easily, if I have to go team, definitely Miami. uh, Because I'm not going to lie, late in that game, I thought Miami was going to lose when they gave the Chargers a chance and they missed the extra point. But their defense made big plays to hold that Chargers offense. And hey, that's a pretty solid win to start the season for a team that a lot of people think can be a Super Bowl contender. But we already slightly talked about Lions and Chiefs. We'll quickly add in with the fact of, number one, Chris Jones should be back with the Chiefs, signed a one-year deal. It's interesting to me. I honestly think Chris Jones needs to fire his agent. I don't know. A one-year, I think it was $25 million deal, but it's $19 million with like $6 million in incentives. And my big thing is not that, but also you add in the factor of, if they don't re-sign him in the offseason, they can just franchise tag him from it. So, I mean, I feel like this was a fumbled 
as they say, he fumbled the bag. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, he fumbled the bag. But nonetheless, I think it's going to be really helpful for the Chiefs to get Chris Jones back this season. Yeah, again, we saw that dominant run game really just couldn't be checked and certainly missing Chris Jones on the defensive line. Uh, they put together a good enough deal for him to come back. Yeah, definitely. And for the Chiefs offense with Travis Kelsey, Hurdy is questionable for this week. The good news is they said it's just actually a bone bruise. That was smart, though, not risking playing him. Give him a ton of credit. It was really smart. Uh, but they have a possibility with a tough opponent they play in week two of potentially starting the season 0-2 in Kansas City. So yeah. we'll see if they can bounce back. But now let's get to some of Sunday's action. And we'll start with the 12 o'clock slate and some surprising games in this one. Let's start with the one that was the biggest shocker. Uh, the Browns absolutely dominating Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals just a few days after Joe Burrow signed the richest contract uh, in NFL history per year average, $275 million, and he only throws for 82 yards. And you got to give credit to the Browns' defense in this one. Yeah, they really looked good. Um, they really held Joe Burrow and this entire Bengals offense in check. And boy, oh boy, it, it's certainly one of those head-scratchers. Um but a stat that nobody cares about and hasn't clearly been relevant is Joe Burrow has never beaten the Browns since becoming yeah. the starter quarterback of the Bengals. Um, so, you know, take that for what you will. Uh, the Bengals lose this game, but I don't think they're going to be sweating it at the end of the season. This is certainly one you don't want to repeat, um, but it's week one. Uh, everybody's got a chance to recalculate and come back. Major props to the Cleveland Browns. Maybe they could be up to something big this year. But if you're the Bengals, I'm not getting too worried about this. Yeah, no, I'm not either. Because like you said, I knew he had had struggles against the Browns his entire career so far. And I mean, those division rivalry games, I mean, division rivals basically build their teams so they can beat their division rivals. Absolutely. So that's why those games are always close, usually no matter what. So yeah, that I'm not worried about it either. Um, but as someone who started Joe Burrow in fantasy over Tua, um, really appreciate the three points, Joe. Yeah, what were you doing? I really, I really don't know. You know, I, I just, I had a feeling that Joe Burrow might show up, and you know what? That's, that's on me. Not, not a smart move. Uh, and I will take full responsibility for them. But the next one we'll talk about, and we'll just discuss it uh, real quick here: Niners and Steelers. Oh, oh boy. Um, beat down is what I would refer to it as. Well, for a beat down, a team would have to show up. Um, you know, I'll let you say what you thought about this game first and then I'll, and then I'll let, say my opinion on it, but uh, you mean your overall opinion on, yeah, a thrashing by the Niners. Uh, I think the Niners offense looked great. Um, the Niners really looked like a complete team and they look like the team to beat in the NFC, which we knew was the case. Um, as far as the Steelers, Again, week one, you're going to try not to rip into too many teams right away. Right. Um, I think the big thing for the Steelers is that a lot of new faces on the defense, especially a lot of younger guys uh, taking over. So you're going to have these kind of hiccups. You would have liked to see a little bit more from the offense, uh, kind of more of a uh, returning group as opposed to the defense. A lot, of, a lot of familiar faces on that side, at least from last season. Um, so you would have liked a little bit more success there. But overall – I think, you know, the Steelers, it, it hurts to lose this way, but this wasn't a game they were expected to win. Um, I don't think this is one you get your head down about. You go back out and you get the next one, and uh, hopefully this doesn't become a common occurrence throughout the season. 
Thank, thank you. Thank you for putting it in a very nice words. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, that was my thinking. Let me clarify on things. Did I think the Steelers would be favorites in this game? No. Did I think that they would win this game? I thought there was a chance, but did I think the Niners should probably win? Yes. However, did I expect the score to be 30-7? to 7? You, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. No, I, I expected a little, a little bit more showing up on offense. Um, I really don't know what to say because I hate to say I told you so, but I told people, I was like, don't get too hyped on preseason Kenny and the Steelers offense. Absolutely. Because guess what? The preseason doesn't usually mean anything in the regular season. I'm just, I'm waiting for people to officially realize that at some point they will. The games are relatively meaningless. Yeah. There's like no script for game plans really in the preseason. Just basically, yeah, let's try these plays out. We'll see how they work. Um, But I'm just going to say I'm not too worried overall. Like I said, Niners elite defense. Now, if this would have been the final score and Nick Bosa hadn't played, I would have been a little bit more upset. Yeah. But Nick Bosa was there. He got paid. Um, the Niners are going to be having some cap problems for the next couple of years, I Absolutely. think so. Um, but all I got to say for the Steelers' offense is, number one, uh, and I say this as bluntly as I can say it, and I've said it for the past two years, fire Matt Canada into the sun. I don't want this man calling plays for this team. You want to know the interesting thing, Austin? 30-7, to seven, one touchdown was scored in a 99-yard, two-minute drill for the Steelers. You want to know why they scored? Because Kenny Pickett was calling plays, up-tempo, calling the plays on the go. Did we score any when Matt Canada calling plays? No. Me and you scored the same amount of points as they did when Matt Canada was calling plays. Uh, I don't see what the Steelers see in him, and it's the stupid thing where they don't fire coaches they just either retire or conveniently have their contract expire. And I don't think his expires till after next season. So I just have to deal with this till then. But uh, I'm right there with you. I'm not too worried about it overall. The only thing I will say about the defense, uh, number one, like I said, a lot of new faces. Um, but Patrick Peterson, you know, just, just shut up. Sh- shut up. Don't don't give him any bulletin board material saying, they have tells, you know, we're, I'm going to get an interception. Guess what? Brock Purdy said, frick you, I'm still going to throw right at you. And he threw a touch. Brandon Ayuk moshed you for a touchdown. So don't, you, just be quiet. You know, ask Juju how talking smack went whenever the Steelers played the Browns in 2020. The Browns is the Browns. Yeah, infamous quote. Infamous quote from the game. Um, but my other thing is, in re- and the last thing I'll say before I finally shut up about this, is... You know, in recent years, T.J. Watt's been injured, and the Steelers, whenever they lose, people say, well, they didn't have the best defensive player in football. He didn't play, or he didn't have an impact. T.J. Watt had three sacks and two forced fumbles in this game, and we still lost 30-7. to uh, I'm, um, I'm like I said, I'm not trying to panic about it. They play the Browns this week on Monday Night Football, and that's the one I'll re- – I really count that one as week one, so – um, get it done. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, let's move on to our real so- shocker from the opening window. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers going on the road to Minnesota and defeating the Vikings, the defending NFC North champions. Um, man, you both were not the highest on the Vikings in the preseason. We thought they had a chance, but we also called it a bit of a fluke season last year with the amount of close games they won. Well, first game of the season is a close game that they lost. So, uh, I mean, hate to say we told you so. 
Yeah, uh, it, it really just comes down to this team. I, I just think this offseason, the Vikings didn't do anything to uh, uh, address their obvious need of another big player or just a better team overall. I mean, you look at it. Most of their wins came in close games last year, and all of their losses were blowouts. Um, this team just could not really definitively win games, and we saw that going into the postseason where they got absolutely stomped by the Giants. Shout out, Giants. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, in the offseason, I think the game plan is to come out and get better, especially when you're so close. And now Aaron Rodgers is gone. And then you cut some of your best defensive players. You cut your best running back. And you cut one of your top wide receivers because you have cap issues because you're paying a quarterback way more money than he's worth. And yet you don't make any additions to make the team better. And so it doesn't matter if Justin Jefferson gets 150 yards because when it mattered, he didn't catch a touchdown in a three score game. Justin Jefferson did not catch a touchdown. That is unbelievable. A game that could have been decided by one score, and Justin Jefferson gets this many touchdowns, I scored as many touchdowns as Justin Jefferson, that's not good. (laughs) The Vikings have a clear and easy path to the playoffs by winning the NFC North, and they have done nothing to get better like they do every year. I'm tired of the Vikings talk. I've had it. It's unbelievable. Kirk throws for 344. Doesn't matter. Baker Mayfield outplays him. No turnovers for Baker Mayfield. That This is the guy we need to give the attention Yeah, absolutely. Um, Baker Mayfield came into this season doubted. Uh, in Cleveland, he basically took all the blame for things that weren't his fault. Um, then he goes to L.A., shows out, shows what he's capable of still, and he comes in and makes his debut with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a win over the Vikings, a team people think is going to be a no-brainer to the postseason. Hats off to Baker Mayfield for going out there and shutting people up. Absolutely, and a, sign, a thing I heard on the radio actually was a running back Rashad White was getting interviewed uh, for Tampa Bay, and he said that at halftime Baker Mayfield came in and told him, and I quote, I got, I know all their signals. I was like, we're going to be fine in the second half. It's like, they do this, they're doing cover two. They do this, they're doing cover three. It's man-to-man, and he knew it all, and I mean – the, they said, uh, the running back Rashad White said that got a lot of respect from the players. They're like, hey, he, he he's trying. He he thinks he knows what we're going to do. This man's going to help us win. And I absolutely give him credit. It wasn't anything spectacular, but he did what he was asked to do, and they were able to get a big win on the road. And, again, I say it every time I, play, I, I talk about him, that last year in Cleveland, he plays through a serious shoulder injury. If he doesn't play through that injury, he is still the Brown starter to this day, and we do not hear about Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. Minnesota, I mean, they you're absolutely right on the head with them. I'm, I'm kind of tired of it, too. Uh, and granted, I picked Justin Jefferson as Offensive Player of the Year last year, and I was like, okay, well, surely they're just going to feed the ball to him. And they did. But they really didn't get him the ball near the red zone. No, when, when they needed receptions from Justin Jefferson, they didn't get it. Absolutely. And honestly, in recent years, the defense was the problem. Defense really helped keep this game in check for the most part. And they had a lead at halftime. Keep on, Brian Flores came in uh, as head as defensive coordinator, which was a great hire. They still need to get talent, but they performed well. And I'll make the mistake. They were, it was tied 10-10 at halftime. Not, they were not winning at halftime. Nonetheless, this is a game Minnesota, I walked in thinking that they should win. They didn't. 
And, you know, with certain other games in the NFC North that happen, maybe this division's even more wide open than we thought it could be. Absolutely. And then we have one last uh, two, one, actually three games. We're going to recap real quickly here all together. Uh, Falcons beating the Panthers 24 to 10. Uh, this is one. It was a pretty boring game. I'm not going to lie for both sides. Bryce Young. I mean, I said in the preseason I was worried for him because of his offensive line. Made a couple mistakes, but he's a rookie QB. Let's give him a break. And, I mean, Falcons were a dark horse team of mine. They were able to get out and get a pretty solid win to start the season against the division rival. Yeah, and, I mean, this was said last year, and we'll go ahead and carry it into this year's conversation. Had this team wanted to make the playoffs last year, oh, they, yeah. they could have. Absolutely. Um, so, had they taken a little bit more seriously and done the things they needed to do, like maybe make Desmond Ritter that starting quarterback a little bit earlier in the season, um, they could have certainly been a playoff team. And so it's good to see them come out and get a big win early. Um, and you're right. This is absolutely one of those teams to keep an eye on in the NFC. Definitely. Then another one, Ravens beat the Texans 25-9. to But that's not the story from this game. I mean, it's the injury bug for the Ravens. I mean, are you kidding me? J.K. Dobbins, again, I, I don't like the Ravens, but I just feel so bad for J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. This man has been robbed of prime years as a great running back in the NFL because of injuries. Now out for the year again, Ronnie Stanley's injured. Couple wide receivers are injured, defensive injuries. And above all that, they really did not even look that good against the Texans. The score doesn't tell the full story here. Yeah, Lamar Jackson struggled heavily. I would know I started him in fantasy. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's a lot to look at. He was missing his best target, sure, and Mark Andrews, uh, who still questionable to play this yeah. Sunday. Um, so, you know, a lot of questions around the Ravens, like you said, injury bug, but. Boy, oh boy, had they not had they been playing a better team than the Texans, this uh, this score might look a little bit different. And they're going to get to play a much better team this next weekend in a division rival. And for the Texans, I mean, there's not much you can say. If there's anything about C.J. Stroud, you could say he didn't make many mistakes out yeah. there. Didn't do anything too flashy, throw any touchdowns, but he didn't turn the ball over out there. I think that's a big positive if you're a Texans fan. Yeah, and kind of like I was saying coming out of the draft, I thought he was the most pro-ready quarterback, the guy who was going to translate the best to the NFL. And sure, maybe he didn't throw the touchdowns and have the crazy exciting plays, but he took care of the ball, and he certainly wasn't the reason his team lost this game. No, I'll tell you why. Five sacks by that Ravens defense. Protect your franchise QB. Yeah. And the last one we're going to recap real quickly. Uh, we're just going to say Washington, Arizona. Washington won 20-16. Let's just face it. I think maybe 10 people. We're watching this game. I wasn't. I, I 100% was not. Um, but it was a good win for the Commanders to start the new ownership. I think that's the only thing that really can be yeah, said about absolutely. it. They, uh, they've got you know some hope for this season. Definitely. At least maybe to be somewhat good. Uh, Jaguars, Colts. Jaguars win 31-21. Your bet of the week, the Jags. They covered. Big time one there. And really the thing that I take away, not just Jacksonville, um, and Calvin Ridley, who looked as good as advertised in the preseason and training camp, looked really good. But Anthony Richardson, overall, I was impressed with his first outing against the NFL defense. Yeah, uh, especially a, really a good-looking NFL defense, uh, especially from last year. Um, but he looked very, very good, and I'm very, very excited for the uh, season that he's about to have. All I say is he's got to learn how to slide. That injury at the end of the game, I think, caused – Oh, Colts fans be like, oh, no, not again. Yeah. We're injuring another franchise QB. Exactly. Uh, but they said he should be able to play this week. 
Um, but yeah, so he looked good. Now there will probably be some games down the stretch that might hurt him. But for Jacksonville, it's a solid start to the season. It's a division rival in the Colts who you've kind of struggled against on the road. You got a good win against them. You didn't uh, mess it up, I yeah. think is the right way to say it. For sure. And then a game, the last one we'll talk about from the one o'clock window, Titans and Saints. I'm just going to be honest with you. This was not a pretty game. If you were a fan said, I want to watch a pretty football game where it's just great offense, this was not your game. A 16-15 to 15 win for the Saints. Uh, and I give the Saints defense a lot of credit. We've said in recent years the cap management they've had of somehow finding ways to maneuver around it and keep this defense mostly intact. Uh, it proved to be a big factor in this one. And Derek Carr with that deep pass on third down to seal the game showed what it means to have him there. Yeah, absolutely. Derek Carr is going to show uh, a lot this season. He's going to show exactly why he should still be a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and he's going to show why what happened last year in Las Vegas wasn't his fault. Um, but a great win for the Saints to go out there and get it. Um, this was a gritty game. And Vrabel and the Titans, they love those gritty games. That's what that team is built to do. Pound the ball down your throat. And boy, oh boy, they've got a nasty defense um, so to come out there and beat them at really their own game it is honestly impressive for New Orleans. It really is. And, I mean, you look at it, Ryan Tannehill, you know, we said before the season, your days are numbered. This game really didn't help you out. <laughs> no. Not even 200 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Oh, I mean, just not good. Derrick Henry, only 15 carries, 63 yards in the game. Um only thing I can say, at least Traylon Burks was ready for week one. That's about the only positive he I got. <laughs> he was on the field for the game. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm just saying, if the Titans get in these gritty games and still can't win, you wonder how early it is if maybe we see Malik Willis or Will Levis go out there and just try to provide some spark for this offense if they need it um, later in the season. Yeah, absolutely. So now let's get into the afternoon window. And for this man, we'll get it out of the way. We'll talk about it first. Get out of the way. Packers and Bears, 38-20 uh, to 20 win for the Packers in Chicago. Uh, before I say anything, sir, you, you have the floor. Um, I'm not going to go on a crazy rant here. Um, you know, I realized when this game was all said and done, I may have tricked myself this <laughs> offseason. I may have bought in a little too much. Um, and so I'm willing to admit that now. Um, but I'm going to take a, take a glance at some of the positives. First things first, Jordan Love had a great game. I, I don't know if this is something he'll be able to sustain, but he looked good in week one. Aaron Jones, really phenomenal for the Packers. Uh, the offense showed up in the second half for this team because uh, this game did not look like it was going to go in their favor in the first half. It was a close game, and the Bears looked like they were starting to get some momentum. Um, so for this offense to kind of come together and Aaron Jones to really pop off in the second half was impressive for the Packers. Um, but with the Bears, the the big issue I have in this game is Chase Claypool decided uh, not only to just not be present. But, Welcome to the club. But to just <laughs> not be a good teammate. Um, Luke Getze has got to open up the playbook for Justin Fields. He's not a rookie anymore. He's not. It, it's time to turn him loose. Um, 
what did we get DJ Moore for? It certainly wasn't to run a screen every play. And to throw what? He had two catches in the game, I think? Yeah. So um, to throw to him much more. Justin Fields had two pass attempts over 15 yards. They were both completions, and one of them was a touchdown, just in case anybody is wondering. Everything else was shorter than 15 yards, and we completed not very many of them, and a lot of them were screen passes. Didn't go for a lot of yards. Um, but part of that had to do with Chase Claypool um, being a uh, an awful teammate. Look, I get it. You probably don't want to run a screen pass and be a blocker every single play. Um, but when we call upon our biggest and strongest wide receiver to block for Darnell Mooney, block for Darnell Mooney and don't let him get <laughs> smoked behind the line. Uh, it was honestly an embarrassing display from Chase Claypool. I was low-key hoping all week that we would just cut him and let Tyler Scott play. Um, hopefully he's not active this week just to at least teach him a lesson. I think Chase Claypool is a guy that can be great, but when you come out there and you don't show up, you don't give anybody a reason to root for you. Um, And that's coming from a Notre Dame fan. Uh, You just can't go out there and go through the motions. Justin Fields, in my opinion, looked good. I know a lot of people in Bears media weren't happy. Uh, with the throws he made in the pocket. But when he had a clean pocket, he looked elite. When he had three guys in the pocket, sure, he didn't look good in the pocket. Nobody does. Um, I'm not upset with the offensive line. Uh, Really, there's only one guy playing the same position he played last year uh, in the NFL, Nate Davis playing right guard. I don't think he had too bad of a game. Darnell Wright, rookie on the right tackle, cut the guy some slack. Left tackle Braxton Jones, rookie, while they looked good, had some struggles last year. He's a second-year guy, cut him some slack. Tevin Jenkins, third-year guy, playing left guard for the first time in his life, cut him some slack. Cody Whitehair, moving to center from left guard, cut the guy some slack. I think this offensive line struggled. Hopefully it's not a sign for the rest of the season, but everybody's making adjustments. It's the first game of the season against a really good defensive line. Um, I think the Bears struggled, but there were some positives. The only group I'm really disappointed with was the defense. We spent some big money, and Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, Yannick Ngakwe were good, but when we needed a big moment at the end of that first half and the beginning of the second half to keep us in the game and get momentum going, um, they those guys really didn't show up and make the plays, and I'm hoping to see that later on this season. But overall, like I said, it's week one. I'm trying not to hang my head on anybody, especially my own team. Um, so I give these guys the benefit of the doubt. I look for the positives. Um, and this team certainly got a lot more. It's a young team. They don't have to make the playoffs this year. Two picks at the top of the draft this next year could really turn this team around again. Uh, you know, it's not over. It's a young team. A lot of young players. Tremaine Edmonds, big free agent signing, 25 years old. Uh, DJ Moore, 25, 26 years old. Justin Fields, obviously, is a young guy. This team is not... Uh, running out of playoff they're, they're gonna potential. Be around. They're going to be around. They're going to be around. So I try not to freak out about that, even though we were trying to build for a playoff push this year. Um, I can wait another year if that means this team gets better and learns better and adds some more talent. All I can say is welcome to the Chase Claypool gets on my nerves club. You know, it's, it's not a club you want to be in. Uh, I do say once again, we do truly appreciate the second round pick you gave us yeah. for him. We, we really do. Um, I'm right with you on Jordan Love. I mean, he he looked a lot but be- I don't want to say a lot better because I really didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Um he he performed better than I anticipated his first game to go as a full-time starter. Let Absolutely. me say it like that. And Aaron Jones, like you said, the run game's good. That's been the thing with this Packers team was they have a solid run game. They have uh, 
a pretty solid defensive unit. They've spent money, drafted well on defense. O-line sometime was a question mark. But the big thing there really was Aaron Rodgers just wanting full control of the offense and deciding it. Now you got Jordan Love who's buying into the offense saying, hey, I can play off of play action. I can. We don't need to throw the ball every single time. I'm okay with us establishing the ground game, making the throws. And when they asked him to make the throws, he did. Absolutely. So give him a ton of credit. And yeah, uh, I'm with you. Whenever I was watching parts of this game, I kept saying, I was like, man, they really, why is this offense just so bland for the Bears? Like it just yeah. screen pass, short passes. I felt like I was watching the Steelers offense of 2021 with, uh, with it. Yeah. And I saw in the preseason, when y'all got DJ Moore the ball on those deep routes, uh, as far as I know, he was he was scoring. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to me, a big thing is get DJ Moore more involved in the offense. DJ Moore more involved. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe I missed that whenever I first said it. Um, but uh, they need to get him involved in the offense a lot more, and I think this team will be fine as the season goes along. And then a real quick one, Raiders and Broncos. This is one kind of meh. But it was a close game, and I will give Denver this. You know, they yes, they lost, but you can tell they look better as a team yeah. than they did last year coming into week one. I'm completely with you. Yeah, and you got to give credit to the Raiders and Jimmy G. I mean, we said it. Jimmy G's a pretty solid QB whenever you ask him to be, and he went out there and got the win on the road for the Raiders and all alone in first place of the AFC West after week one. Yeah, crazy to think. Definitely. And then the one I don't think any of us saw coming Rams over the Seahawks 30 to 13. Now me personally, I did not see this coming. I don't know if you did. I did not. Um, but it was a 13 to seven game at halftime. The Seahawks win. They missed a field goal near the end of the first half. And that kind of swung momentum and give Stafford and that Rams offense credit. They, they were going right down the field. They were running the ball. Well, executing, uh, they're getting the younger wide receivers without Cooper Cup. Uh, Puka Nakua, the rookie from BYU, looked really good. And, you know, listen, I'm not saying this Rams team is what it was two years ago, but if they can stay healthy, they're a team. We said last year, if they can stay healthy, they're a team that could potentially be a team that could contend for a playoff spot. Absolutely. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, gonna, I, I kind of stopped at a very poor moment when you were yawning, yeah. so I'll take responsibility for that one. Uh, I, I completely agree. It, they looked really good. They found a way to get it going even without Cooper Cup, and that's really what Matthew Stafford can do uh, when he's at 100% and not concussed. Um, but really, I was kind of surprised to see how much Seattle was uh, running Artie Burns out there uh, to play corner. Um, because as you and I both know, Artie Burns is not a guy you want playing. At least you didn't spend a first round pick on the guy. That's fair. Um, but he certainly struggled. I would have liked to see uh, more involvement from a very deep secondary. Um, so to keep going to Artie Burns was kind of a shocker to me. Um, but yeah, the Rams looked impressive. The Seahawks kind of shocked me with the poor performance, but still a full season left to go. Yeah, definitely. And like we said, Aaron Donald, keep in mind, you remember the, obviously you've probably seen the clip of Geno Smith's yelling like, oh my gosh, is Aaron Donald's coming to rush him? And that's something they missed at points last year was Aaron Donald's presence on that defensive line in the matchups against Seattle. Keep in mind the game in LA last year, they had a game winning drive late. They went right down the field to DK Metcalf. So having them all at a hundred percent, it's a really good start. All right. 
the Eagles taking care of business against the Patriots with the way this game started. I thought this game was going to be a blowout. The Eagles get up 16 nothing early, and then they just kind of fall asleep for the rest of the game, but but do enough to hang on and get a win. Uh, I mean, it was it was a lot closer than it looked than I thought it would be with that start. Yeah, I was watching the start and I was thinking, man, oh man, uh, not a great game going on there. Um, but they certainly reeled it back in. Mac Jones really looked a lot better having an offensive coordinator call plays. Let's just get that it's out amazing there. what happens when you have a coordinator who has experience calling plays and yeah. wasn't a O line and or wasn't a special teams and a defensive coordinator coach. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, it, it was crazy to see. Um, but absolutely hats off to uh, the Patriots for fighting their way back in this game. But the Eagles are just too much, and they get it done. My only question here if for the Eagles late in the game, uh, it's fourth and two at the New England 44. With two minutes to go, Patriots are out of timeouts. Why are you trying to go for it there? Yeah. That, one, that was my big issue with it was if they have no timeouts, why not pin them back and make them go 80 yards in two minutes instead of 60-something yards? Now, granted, your really good defense saved you, but that was, I mean, that was almost a coaching decision that cost them that game at the very end. For sure. Now, let's, let's, let's quit talking about these ones. Let's talk about already an early contender for game of the year, Austin. Dolphins, Chargers, 36-34. Um, uh, my overbet hit here, so we both went 2-0 and overall. Um, like I said, it was always the over, and both these offenses were really spread out, and I mean, I mean, I just can't front. It was a really fun game to watch. Yeah, uh, I expected a high-powered offense. I don't know if I expected Tua to perform the way that you performed. Chef's kiss. I mean, that was just perfection in the game. 466 yards, three touchdowns, Tyreek over 200 yards. And he said he could. Well, he wanted to be the first 2,000-yard receiver. Great so for, start. It's, yeah, it's a really, really good start. So, But for me, the takeaway, I think, is that the Chargers open up their playbook more on offense with Kellen Moore there. And maybe that means they can compete more with the Chiefs and maybe have a chance to be a dark horse contender. Because keep in mind, it's not like they played a terrible team in Miami. That's another contender. Um, But their offense looked a lot better, uh, at least in my opinion. For sure. Now, Sunday night football, um, if we can even – I don't even know if we should discuss what was a one-sided affair. I don't even know if the Giants have even showed up. Um, A 40 to nothing, and I mean just a thrashing – by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I'll be frank with you, again, not even close to what I expected from this game. I'm sure you can agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Giants went right down the field in their opening drive, but that blocked field goal returned for a touchdown, I mean, that just almost took the wind out of them immediately, and it was just domination by the Cowboys the rest of the way. Yeah, really all I've got to say is that the Giants just couldn't hold on to the ball, and that put them out of the game. I mean, no matter what their defense could have done, the amount of turnovers in this game was alarming and shocking. It, it really put the Giants out of this one. And I know if you're a better, you were really upset. The over-under on this game was 44 and a half. A 40 to nothing final. All they needed was the Giants to show up for one drive. Yeah, that uh, that's a that's a that's, that's a bad tough. that's bad. That's tough. Now on to Monday night for the what was now officially the most watched Monday night football game ever. In the history of ESPN, the Jets defeating the Bills 22-16 in overtime. Um, 
before we get into the game, I mean, we got to address the elephant in the room. Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers, uh, ruptured Achilles, uh, is going to be out for the entire season after only four snaps as a Jet. Austin, four, only four. Yeah, um, this is really a tough situation. You really hate to see it for uh, a talented quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and all the hype coming into the season and all that the Jets gave up to get him, and now it's going to be Zach Wilson turn, uh, turning it over to him. Uh, maybe. Um, you know, I, that's what I would do personally. You spent the pick on him. You went to try and replace him, and that didn't work out. You might as well go to the guy at least for the next couple of weeks and see what's happening before you replace him. But it'll be interesting to see how the Jets perform because the Bills did not look like themselves in this game. Josh Allen just made mistakes that you you don't see a guy of that caliber making those kind of no. mistakes. Um, it felt like they saw something on film against Jordan Whitehead, and truly whatever it was, it was wrong. It just wasn't there because Jordan Whitehead – um, got himself his uh, interceptions incentive in the first game of the season. <laughs> so hats off to him. But it'll be interesting to see uh, if this defense can hold up all year, because if so, this offense may not have to do very much to win games this year. Yeah, um, that was my thinking exactly. And, you know, for the Aaron Rodgers one, I will say uh, my main thing, uh, can we talk about how calm he was when he ruptured his Achilles? That is probably the calmest reaction to an from to an injury like that I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I, you took it in stride. I know. I, I know. I. I don't, I'm not going to say what I would say if it was me, um, because then I think everyone in the whole stand would hear me just saying, "Not yeah. good." I'm sure you can relate to yeah, that. Probably. It, I can't imagine what tearing your Achilles feels like. It's got to be agonizing pain. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, knock on wood. <laughs> We don't got to worry about that. Uh, but absolutely right with Josh Allen in this game. Uh, did not, just did not perform well and was making just terrible throws. I mean, he was basically becoming the the arm punt of the NFL. He's trying to take the crown from Joe Flacco. Yeah. I mean, he was just chucking it up deep into double coverage and it's like, oh, yeah, he's got it. He's got a chance. Uh, but man, yeah, that offense just quit. And I mean, Garrett Wilson, I mean, catch of the season. I, it's going to be hard for any catch to beat that one this year already. Absolutely unreal. Um, absolutely destroyed me when I was betting on this game. You had uh, bills? Well, no. I bet uh, the live line under uh, at 28 and a half, oh. and that put the game to the 25 and, or to 26, and then uh, the missed field goal didn't put the game to 27 total points, and so somebody was going to have to score – to win, and unless it was a game-winning safety, I, oh. the under wasn't going to hit. Oh, no. Um, it really – and there's too much time left on the clock. It's because Josh Allen kept turning the ball over and not eating enough clock. Uh, really killed me. Really killed me. Man. Deflating. But, yeah. Uh, but Garrett Wilson playing defense and offense on the same play, I mean, it's going to be tough to top. But you're absolutely right talking about this Jets defense. Uh was on another show about a day or two ago where I said this Jets defense is Super Bowl caliber. The defense sure. alone is Super Bowl caliber. Now, with no Aaron Rodgers, you wonder what this offense could be. And I think something people forget, yes, they missed the playoffs. They had a really strong start to the year. And this is hopefully, again, knock on wood, that Brees Hall is going to be healthy for the whole year. Because if that's the case, then this needs to be a ground-heavy offense. Because he looked good in the short. He had over 100 yards on two – on. 
within his first two carries on Monday night. So if they can make their offense like that, I mean, they are a legit playoff contender. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl contender, but they're going to be they're going to get they're going to be a pain for some teams when they play them if they keep on playing like this. Absolutely. But now let's get to some of the games for this weekend. And man, we got some interesting matchups for this one. We're going to start real quick talking about Minnesota Philadelphia. That's why this episode is first and coming out right before this game on Thursday night. Um, not much to say here. We both think we're both going to go Eagles for this one. Yes, absolutely. Um, but it's at least better. Hopefully, it cannot be worse than Broncos Colts. Please do not be worse than Broncos Colts. If there is ever a game worse than that one, please, yeah. I, I would put my money that I'm not going to find another one worse than that. That that was a that was truly a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, but anyway, we both went Philly. Let's take a look at some of these games. We're going to go into our game picks here, and let's start with the twelve o'clock window and some interesting ones: Baltimore. And Cincinnati. This is a fun matchup. Two teams that, again, really looked very disappointingly in week one. Can the Bengals offense bounce back? How will the Ravens offense try to bounce back? Uh, how do you see this one playing out in Cincinnati? Uh, I think this is going to be an absolutely exciting game. I think both of these teams are going to snap out of that trance that they were in offensively where everyone struggled. I think Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow go and duel it out. But I'm going to say uh, Joe Burr shows up and gets the job done. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, they usually split with the Ravens, but this is in Cincinnati. I'm not going to – I know I should have bet against Joe Burrow last week, um, but I'm not going to bet against him two weeks in a row. That usually rarely happens. But keep in mind, Bengals lose this game. It's back-to-back seasons with an 0-2 start. They started 0-2 last year and losing to the Steelers and the Cowboys to start the season. Then another 12 o'clock game that it actually looks a lot more intriguing than, than some people did before week one. Packers and Falcons. These are two teams with their performances could be trying to contend for a playoff spot. So how do you see this one going down in Atlanta? Uh, I think it's going to be a gritty, tough game. Uh, but I think that uh, veteran leadership on the Packers defense is what's going to be the difference between these two young quarterbacks. And I think those big players on the Packers defense are, are probably going to be the guys that make the plays at the end of the game that kind of turn this around. So I'm going to go Green Bay here. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go Green Bay as well. It's tough for me to kind of go against the Falcons, but I just need – I wasn't really – I didn't really see much from Desmond Ritter in the win against the Panthers. I mean, he was okay, like 115 yards – but how's he going to do whenever it's a late-game situation and he needs to make some big throws? And you've got guys like Jair Alexander yeah, on the field. That, that, that's exactly my thinking. So I'm going to go Packers. Next up, another one that many people didn't think was a big deal before week one, Raiders and Bills. An interesting one. Now keep in mind there are some injury report news for the Raiders. Devontae's in, have dealing with an injury but is expected to play. Same with Jimmy G and some others. But, I mean, if the Raiders' defense plays like they did this past weekend, they can keep up with this Bills team. So how do you see this one playing out? Oof, I think it's going to be a close game. Obviously, the Bills cannot afford another loss here. Um, don't want to start the season like that, especially since it still looks like it's going to be a super-powered AFC East, even without Aaron Rodgers. Um, you don't want to get behind the eight ball too much. Luckily, I think the offense-defense snap out of it, and I think the Bills are just the better team, and they're going to get it done. Yeah, I think I'm just going to go with that, too. If it was in Las Vegas, I would maybe consider the Raiders. But, yeah, they're, I'm going to have to go with the Bills on this one. It's the home opener for the season. I, I think they're going to make sure they can get the win here. 
now. And I can't believe this is a uh, 12 o'clock game. Both of these are, honestly. Seattle versus Detroit. Now, this one, I believe we are probably both going to go end up going with Detroit for this one. Yeah. But how about this? This is the Lions' home opener, and they have sold out on season tickets for the first time ever at Ford Field. So there's a lot of buzz in the building for the Lions, and hopefully they can do it. And for Seattle, you're looking to avoid an 0-2 start after what was a really strong uh, season last season. But, yeah, you're going with the Lions, I'm Oh, assuming? yeah, absolutely. No uh, doubt. I think the Lions are have just looked good. They're coming out, and they're going to ride that wave into this game. And with Seattle, they, they look deflated. And I don't think the season's over for them. Uh, but it's definitely going to take a, a little bit of a, an easier opponent to get that confidence back. Absolutely agree now. And this is the one, I don't know how this isn't the main afternoon game. At 12 o'clock on CBS, Chiefs versus Jaguars. I don't understand why this is being played at this time. Um, nonetheless, I'm not the schedule creator. Uh, Chiefs looking to avoid 0-2. Travis Kelsey's not 100%. And the Jaguars looking to get off to a 2-0 start and kind of maybe make a statement early in the season to the rest of the AFC. So this is going to be a fun one. How do you see it playing out? Um, I love Jacksonville in this game, and there's just no other way to put it. Uh, Kansas City struggled against the Detroit defense. I think Jacksonville's got a better defense. And um, even if Kelsey plays, take him away. You've seen what happens if you can take Kelsey away. I, I Unless the Chiefs do something drastic, Richie James and Kadarius Toney are still their wide receivers, and I just don't think those guys are going to be able to get it done. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these guys wake up from whatever trance they were in last uh, Thursday, but I don't think so. I think uh, the Jaguars' defense shuts it down and gets a big win. Well, going to have to disagree with you, sir. Um, I'm not. I'm bet against the Chiefs last week and actually picked the Lions to win. Uh, Chris Jones coming back, even if he's not 100%, I think that's going to help them get pressure on Trevor Lawrence. And I do presume I'm I'm doing this expecting Travis Kelsey to play. If Travis Kelsey doesn't play, then you might as well just flip this pick to Jacksonville for me. But uh, I'm going with the Chiefs. I don't. I think this is going to be really close, and I could definitely see Jacksonville winning. But I'm going to give a slight edge to Mahomes in this one. Okay. So the reason that those were all 12 o'clock games, and the reason is, the afternoon games, not going to lie to you, are not that interesting. Um, one, uh, the only real interesting one, you could say maybe Niners and Rams, but I need to see the Rams play another elite performance before I even consider picking them against the Niners. Yeah. And I think you can agree with that Absolutely. statement. But the only one that's semi-interesting, Giants, or not Giants, Jets and Cowboys. Um, now you're thinking if Aaron Rodgers plays, this is a bigger deal. Still with that, like we talked about with that Jets defense, they can hang around in this game. And me personally, I expect it to be low scoring. Uh, what are you expecting from Jerry World this Sunday afternoon? Uh, I think we might be on the verge of another beatdown. I won't lie. I'm not high on the Cowboys, but the team came up, showed out, made big plays. And I just, I want Zach Wilson to perform well. It would be such an interesting story. Um, but he's, just hasn't been that great in his NFL career. And maybe they'll lean heavy on the running game, but I don't know. You've you've got targets. You've got guys you're paying. You're going to look to throw the ball. I think the Cowboys are going to take advantage and get a win. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Although, this is the type of game the Cowboys, you look at and say they, they should totally win. 
So therefore, it's going to be a close game. I'm still picking the Cowboys, unfortunately, but I think it's going to be really close. So two more picks. There's been a lot of interesting games here. Dolphins, Patriots, Sunday Night Football in New England. Patriots wearing the old school Pat Patriot jersey and helmet. I mean, let's just face it. They need to make that the permanent one. Let's just say that. Um, But like I said, Patriots looked really good despite the loss. Mac Jones looked good. Tua was amazing. Uh, Do we expect maybe a shootout here in this game, Austin? Oh, I don't know if I'd go that crazy. Maybe if they're forced to, maybe if Miami gets out and running. Um, but you know Belichick likes to still pound the rock, run the ball. Um, I, I'm going to go Dolphins in this game. I think it's going to be a fun, exciting game. I, I definitely would lean heavier on the offensive side, especially with Miami playing. Um, but I just don't know that at the end of the day, the Patriots are going to be able to hang with this high-powered Dolphins team. Uh, I think that defense is going to step up and make some big plays. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I do think the Patriots offense is, again, is still better, but not. I don't know if it's enough to, to keep up with that Dolphins offense as long as two is healthy. For so. sure. And I would say we're going to do Monday Night Football, which is a double header, but I'm going to be honest with you. It's Saints-Panthers and then Steelers-Browns. Um, I'm going with Steelers on the Steelers one. I'm going to hope you're picking Steelers. Be a good guy. Be a smart man. I am. I'm kidding. I'm not picking the Browns. You you want to pick the Browns, don't you? No, Cleveland is <laughs> Cleveland. I'm not picking the Browns. No. You shush <laughs> over there. Um, but anyway, let's now get to our final segment, bet of the week, like we talked about. Both went undefeated on our picks. Austin picked the Jaguars to cover. I had the over in Dolphins Chargers. Solid start to the season if you're making money and you're betting on us. Uh, Austin, bet of the week, week number two, what you got? Um, I know I was just doubting this team, but I've got Jets plus nine and a half. I said smells like uh, a beatdown. I, like I don't it. think it'll be a beatdown. <laughs> you don't see 40 to nothings every time. I don't think the Jets are going to win this game. Don't get me wrong. But I think they're going to run the ball a lot, chew a lot of clock, and keep this game close, especially with how well that defensive played. Um, I think these are two teams that are okay with running the ball, comfortable with their running backs. Um, and it's going to come down to be an, I think it's going to be a one score game. I absolutely actually like that pick. And I almost picked that one as one no one saw coming, but I'm going to go with another team that also has New York in the name. I'm going to go New York giants to cover the spread against the Cardinals as they are five, four point favorites now. And I'll tell you why I saw a stat. Last season, the Giants were 6-0 against the spread following a loss. Now, we're going to truly find out, and I think this game's going to also truly find out and tell us whether that is actually true and the Cowboys game was just a fluke or they just really, really suck this year compared to last year. Yeah. But that's going to be it for this NFL episode. Like I said, college football coming up next. Don't want to miss it. That is Austin Hill. I'm Austin Waiter. We want to thank you for listening.